I was told my mom earlier in the week she came on the wrong week. I'm like, you're supposed to come on Mother's Day. And so we were talking about that, and I said, you know, it's probably best that you didn't because I'm going to do a, a Mother's Day type message. And if I saw you on the front row, I'd be crying the whole time, and I'd never get through it all. So I said, the church has probably had enough of that, so uh, it's probably good that you came a week early. I hope that you had a wonderful week, though. I hope that you have big plans today. Uh, if you want, go ahead and turn to 1 Samuel. We're going to be looking at chapter 2 of 1 Samuel. We're going to be looking at the prayer of Hannah. Specifically, we're going to be, I've titled this, One Mother's Praise. But before we get into the passage, before we read the passage, I kind of want to give a little bit of context like we've been doing. Because in order to really understand the significance of Hannah's praise and Hannah's prayer in chapter 2, you need to understand what happened to Hannah in chapter 1. Chapter 1 of 1 Samuel opens the story of Hannah, and Hannah is, has a problem. Hannah is broken. Hannah is in sorrow. Hannah is, her soul is being crushed because up until this point, Hannah has not been able to have a child. And as we talked about, as we spent time with Boaz, having a child was everything. Having an heir to the, to the family name to be able to hand down land from one generation to the next, to hand an inheritance down from one generation to the next, to keep the family name alive was vital. And Hannah would have been probably put down by others around her, but she had an even closer problem. See, her husband, though he was a man of God, though he loved Hannah, and we see that in some of the ways he tries to, to comfort her, he had decided that he was going to take matters into his own hands. So he had taken on a second wife and had children by that second wife, and that lady became a thorn in the side of Hannah. She would mock and ridicule Hannah. She would make fun of her for not having children. She would flaunt everything that she had that Hannah didn't in front of her. And so beyond just not having children, now she had this person in her life who was a constant reminder of that. And we see at the towards the middle of the chapter of chapter one, we see Hannah go before the Lord. She does exactly what we should do in those situations. She goes to the altar of God and she throws herself down in front of it and she begins just to pour out her heart. If you read there it says that she was pouring out her soul before the Lord. And she did such in such a way that even, you know, if you're like me, we've had these experiences that you're before the Lord and you're just talking with Him and it says that her mouth was moving but no words were coming out. And that was a rarity in this day. The Israelites, when they worshipped, when they prayed, they were very boisterous, they were very out loud. And it was so odd that the high priest, Eli, came in to the temple, or not to the temple, but to the tabernacle and chastised Hannah because he thought she was drunk. And Hannah says, no, forgive me, I, I'm just pouring out, I'm, I'm in vexation, I'm in grief, I'm in sorrow, I'm pouring out my, my heart before the Lord. And Eli kind of steps back and realizes what, what is going on, and he blesses her, and he, he prays that the Lord would answer the petition of Hannah. And then by the end of chapter 1, we see God answer the prayer of Hannah, and he gives her a son, and that son's name is Samuel. Samuel would go on to be the last judge of Israel, he would be go on to be this great prophet of Israel. He would anoint King Saul, and later he would anoint King David, who would become the the king of Israel, who all other kings were measured against. 
further, she would go on to have five more kids. And, and God would just give her this great blessing, this great name. And forever she would rem- be remembered because of this story as, as an example of prayer, as an example of the Lord providing. And her name goes, goes down through the annals as an example to us. And so it's through that story, through that grief of not having children and then God answering that we come to chapter 2 here. And we're going to start in verse 1. And this is Hannah's response. This is Hannah's praise to the Lord because of what he has done in her life. So if you are able, would you please stand as we honor the reading of God's word this morning? I know we've kind of had a longer intro than we normally do, but we want to look here at what God is saying to us this morning. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My strength is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord. There is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble bind on strength. Those who are full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who are hungry have ceased to hunger. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. He raises up from the poor, up the poor from the dust, and he lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might shall man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the power of his anointed. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and we just thank you so much this morning for your word and what it speaks to us. Lord, I thank you that you love us. Lord, that you put people in our life. Lord, especially moms this morning. Lord, who you give to us as examples of grace and mercy. Lord, we thank you for those women in our lives, Lord, who have shown us what it means to be a follower of Christ. Who have made sacrifices that we may know things that have made sacrifices so that we may have some have an easier time of something, who have made sacrifices so that we may be blessed. Lord, we pray in turn, Lord, that you would bless them. We pray, Lord, this morning as we look at your word and we think about who you are and what you do in our lives, Lord, that we would not, not cease to praise you and not cease to join Hannah in the song of rejoicing. Lord, let this morning be a celebration of you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I just want us to see, we're going to look at five things real quick. I'm not going to try to keep you here super long. I know many of you have Mother's Day plans, so we don't want to go real long. But I I do want us to see five things here about why Hannah sings the praise that she does, why she rejoices the way she does. And I hope this morning that as you think about your own life, as you think about your own story, that you're able to stand with Hannah and sing the praises of God, that you're able to stand with Hannah and say, my story about God is this. My story about what he has done is this. 
I love this first passage, this, the first verse of this prayer. Because in it, she praises him because he is her salvation. Hannah praises God for what he has done in her situation. She says there at the end of verse 1, My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. She is singing the praise of God because he has stepped in and he has heard her prayer and he has answered it. The thing that I love about this is we, most commentaries agree and, and you get this sense that she is not speaking out against just this second wife. She's not speaking out against her personal enemies, but she is speaking out against the enemies of God who would say there is no God. He doesn't hear you. He's not going to answer you. He's not involved. And Hannah stands before those that would say that. She stands before the enemies of God. She stands before all those who would say he's not there. And she says, my story says different. My story says different. I think about my own mom. I'm going to try not to cry this morning. I'm gonna think about, I think about my own mom. There's lots of stories I could tell. Some of you read the newsletter and found out about Fairness Week. Life's not fair, and nor should it be. Like I said in the uh, newsletter, if you've ever tried to carry a, carry a trash can by one loop while your half-pint sister tries to carry it by the other loop, you will know what it means for life should not be fair, okay? And so I've got a lot of stories about mom that I could tell, but one that she would tell is about my own life. When I was a junior, um, sorry, I'll flip the other one. When I was when I was a junior in high school, I lost three friends that were close to me. One was a friend that had brain cancer. We'd been praying for her for a number of years that God would heal her, and and eventually she succumbed to that and passed away. And it devastated me because I wondered why God didn't answer the prayers the way I wanted them to. A month later, I had a good friend of mine that we had been from kindergarten all the way through our junior year of high school, had been close friends. He died in a car accident. A month later, I had one of my best friends, his sister, who I was also close with. She was like the one older person that kind of treated me like I wasn't some geek. Um, she died in a car accident as well on her return from college. As a 17-year-old, I got pulled aside in the funeral home by the funeral manager who was a friend of the family, and he said, son, you should not be here this much. Are you okay? And, of course, I was like, yeah, sure, I'm fine. But inside, I was angry. I was upset. I didn't want anything more to do with this God. I didn't want anything to do with church. And I stepped away from it. I still went on Sundays because I knew my dad would kill me if I didn't. So I went on Sunday mornings, but I, didn't, I wasn't a participant in youth group. I stepped away from all that. I made some decisions that, going back, I wish I could make different ones. I wasn't into uh, all the partying scene and all that, but there were other things that, that I wish I, would, I could go back and do differently. And through that, probably the worst thing was how I treated my mom. She, she in love and grace, wanted to set boundaries. And she wanted what was best for me, and I wanted nothing to do with that. I used to tease my, interna my international kids and my high school kids, treat your mom well because you never know when she's going to have to wash her hair again. When I was 21, I was in a severe car accident. Many of you know this, and I was unable, for a couple weeks, I was unable to wash my own hair. And so mom had to do it for me, and there's a funny story behind that as well. But trust me, that's a lot less humiliating if you haven't treated your mom like a jerk for the previous two years. And so we would talk about that with them. But mom stayed the course. She prayed over me. She prayed for me. 
she prayed that I would, she wouldn't kill me during those two years. She prayed that the Lord would put back in me a passion that had been there my whole life for Him. And she was there to celebrate when God hit me upside the head with a two-by-four, not literally, but figuratively, and brought me back to Him. And my mom would stand here. My mom would stand here with Hannah against the enemies of God and say, my story is different. The story of my son proves that it's different. And you say there is no God, and I would point to his life, and I would point to my life, and the way he has answered my prayers, and I would say he is alive, he is answering prayers. Many of you mothers could stand up here and give the same testimony. You could stand and praise God with Hannah and say, the story of my life says something different, that God is alive, that he is real, and I will praise him for it. So first we see that he is our salvation. Chapter, verse 2, sorry, not chapter 2, no, chapter 2, verse 2. We see here again, not only is he is her salvation, but he is her strength. He, she says there, there is none holy like our God, there is none beside you, there is no rock like our God. He is our consistent. Hannah, in chapter 1, had been through the storm, she had been through the sorrow and the grief, she had had some horrible things said about her. She had been attacked from someone close to her. And she knew that it was God who got her through that storm. It was her faith in the Lord Almighty who guided her through those things. And for some of you, you have a similar story. Some of you are in the midst of that storm right now. Some of you have come out on the other side of many of those storms and you can testify that it is because God is your rock, because He is unchanging, because He is steady that you got through it. Many of us, though, have slightly different stories as well. Certainly her husband did. Her husband wanted a child because it was important for him to be able to have an inheritance. And what does he do? He goes out and he gets another wife and he tries to fix it. If you're a man, you we identify with this, right? Like my wife comes home and she's upset about something. Not that that happens a lot, but she'll be upset about something, and it's all I can do not to just say, well, you need to do this and this and this, and it'll fix it. That's not what she wants me to do. What she wants me to do is listen and do nothing. And I'm like, ah, what are you doing to me? Like, it's broken. Let's do something. But so often God wants us to just trust him, just as we, as, as I as a husband, need to just listen to her. We just need to trust. Abraham and Sarah would have a similar testimony, wouldn't they? You'll remember Abraham was promised by God that he would have a child, but they were getting older, and so Sarah decided that she was going to take things into her own hands. She says, hey, why don't you have a child with this servant? What wife would ever say that? I don't know. But why don't you have a child with this servant? And then through that child, God will answer the promise that he has given us. What happens? The child is born. The child's name is Ishmael. There becomes this huge jealousy and this horrible relationship between Sarah and Hagar, the, this servant girl, to the point where that they are driven, Hagar and Ishmael are driven out. God rescues them, but that there's a broken relationship, there's a scar on the family. Not only that, but Ishmael would become what? He would become the father of the people of the faith of Islam. By doing their own thing, by taking things into their own hands, everything gets screwed up. 
And so many times we have that same testimony, that if we would understand that he is our rock, that we would plant our feet on him and not move, even when the rest of the world surrounds us and pushes back on us, that he is faithful. So we see here that he's our salvation, that he's our strength because he's unchanging. He's what gets us through the storms. Third, we see that he is our sustainer. Hannah praises God because he provides. Verses 4 through 6, or sorry, 4 through five, four and 5, you see, you see these words. The bows of the mighty are broken, the feeble bind on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who are hungry have ceased to hunger. Those who are, the barren has borne seven. And it goes on from there. She praises him because God sees those that are weak and he provides for their needs. He takes care of them. I've been in so many households. I don't, I don't know why this, I don't know if we're more open about it now or, or what it seems like, but in, in our church back at Calvary, it, it seems like so many couples struggle with having kids. And I've been in so many living rooms and prayed with those folks that God would provide just as Hannah pours out her spirit before the Lord, that God would provide a child that he would see, see fit to give them and complete a dream of having a family. And sometimes God answers that with a child to a couple that was not supposed to have children. Um, if you've met my, my best friend, Oren, has been here a few times. He's really tall, um, big guy. Um, it looked like at my wedding, it looked like I had a bodyguard standing behind me. It was fantastic. Nobody messed with me that day. But him and his wife weren't supposed to have children. They now have three. It was amazing. I've been in other households and other living rooms, and God has provided through adoption. And just the incredible story and the incredible picture of what that looks like and how it, it's a story and a picture of what God does in our own lives and how he has blessed that family through that, it's amazing. I've seen other times when God has not answered that with children, but he's answered it with another ministry and another focus and helped that family see what he has for them and in all three cases it's amazing how God works and how God provides in those areas and you as a mom, you as a parent, you as an adult you have that same story I'm sure, you have times in your life when God has provided in a way that only he could you have times when ends weren't meeting things weren't coming together the way they should and God provided and some of you are still in the midst of some of those things you're looking and you're asking God to provide and this Hannah's story is a reminder that he does that he hears us and that he will answer in his timing and what he desires for you is going to be what's best for you best for your family and best for his kingdom so we see Hannah praise here because he is her salvation we see Hannah praise him because he is her strength we see hannah praise god because he is her sustainer and we see god praise or see hannah praise god because he is her sovereign jump down there to six verse six it says the lord kills and brings life he brings down to shiloh he raises up jump down a little farther there towards the end of eight it says for the pillars of earth are the lord's and on them he has set the world i'm going to tell you another madagascar story i know you're getting tired of these but deal with it um we are out in the bush in madagascar and we were camping out there and 
the sky is amazing. Some of you have experienced this in hiking and camping and other things, but the, there's just nothing on the horizon. It's just from horizon to horizon, just stars. And, of course, there's no electricity out there, and so everything's bright and clear, and you can pick out every star in the sky. It's just amazing. And we're sitting there, lying on our backs, looking up, and I've got Malagasy friends around me, and I'm like, okay, that's Mercury, and that's Mars, and that's Venus, and this constellation has this name, and that's the Southern Cross, and that's that, and that's that. And these Malagasy folks finally just stopped me, and they're like, do you know all their names? Do you know everything about them? And I was like, well, you know, they, yeah, I know some of the names. And so I'm pointing out, and they said, finally they stopped me, and they said, that's just amazing. And I'm like, well, I mean, not really. Like, I've got this app on my iPhone, and I just kind of hold it up. And yeah, see, you thought I knew a lot more than I knew, too, didn't you? And I'm like, it's not that amazing. They're like, no, you don't understand. In our culture, if you name something, if you can name it, then you own it. And they're like, how do you own the stars? Like, their minds were just blown. And I was like, okay, whatever. And as I thought about more about that, though, as I thought about owning the stars, about being able to name them and how that just blew their minds, I was reminded that I serve the God who created them. I serve the God who put them in place. I serve the God who keeps all of it in order. I love science. Sometimes science doesn't always love me. But I love it because we see all the intricate details of how God put together a magnificent universe for us to marvel at. And he keeps it all in place by the word of his mouth. I serve that God. I serve the creator of all that I see. And those times, like we talked about, when there are storms and I plant my feet on him, it's good for us to remember, as Hannah remembers in her prayer, that God is sovereign, that he owns it all, he has ability to control it all, and that he hears us. And our story before others, before the enemies of God, is my story is different, and my God owns it all. My God is over it all. Lastly, I want us to see not only is he our salvation, not only is he our strength, not only does he keep God, she prays, Hannah prays God because he's sustainer and he's sovereign, but she praises him because he is her savior. Okay, yes, I use salvation and savior in the same sentence. Sorry, there weren't so many S words that I could find, okay? But she is her savior. I love this part. Look here at the verse, at the end of verse 10. It says, the Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the power of his anointed. Okay, some interesting things here. You understand at this time in Israel's history, there is no king. There is no king. It's judges, individual rulers, okay? Individual people that God raises up to give justice to his people, to bring them back to the Lord. But there is no king. There is no king. Hannah's looking forward to something here. Hannah's looking forward to a person who's going to step into history, a person who is going to bring justice to a time in Israel when, remember what it says in Judges 21, 25, it says there was no king and everyone did, did what was right in their own eyes. Everyone was just kind of running around doing their own thing for good and bad. This was not a good time in Israel. Hannah's looking forward to a king who will bring order for a king that will bring Israel back to the God that they serve. She's 
looking forward to a time when her son will experience better than what she experienced, when her son will be part of a kingdom, will be part of something bigger. And I love what she says. That word anointed, there at the end of that that phrase, that he will exalt the power of anointed, that word anointed in the Hebrew is where we get the word Messiah from. That verse just as easily could say, and he will exalt the power of his Messiah. She was looking for a Savior, and she knew that it was God. Little did she know that Samuel would be the one to anoint God's anointed. Little did she know that because of her prayer and her faithfulness, that her story would be part of the story of redemption and the story of grace through Samuel anointing David and then the line of David all the way to Christ Jesus. And so just as she looked forward, though, to an earthly king, to an earthly kingdom, so we look forward as adults, as parents, for those of you that are parents, as mothers, we look forward to a Messiah. We look forward to our children experiencing Christ as their Savior, experiencing a kingdom. There is joy and peace beyond all that we could imagine and hope for them. We look forward to the Messiah and his return. And we can praise him for it. Does this prayer reflect your heart? I hope this morning as we've been talking about Hannah and how she saw God as her salvation, as she saw God as her strength, as she saw God as her sustainer and her sovereign, as she saw him as her savior to come, that your heart jumps inside of you. For me, as I prepared this, as I read through this, like I just got more and more excited about it because this is the God that I serve. This is who I want to be a part of. This is who I want to follow. And I want to be able to stand in front of a world that desperately needs him but continues to reject him. I want to stand in front of people who say there is no God. I want to stand in front of people who say, why do you pray? Because he doesn't hear you. And say, my story says different. My story says different. Do you have that story? You do. If you're a child of Christ, you have that story. And I bet you have more than one story of how God has done that in your life. So I'm going to ask the praise team to come back up this morning. This really isn't an invitation sort of message. But I'm just going to ask you this morning just to join us. Join Hannah as she praises God for all of these things that he is in her life. Sing to him and acknowledge to him of what he has done. Put your feet on the rock this morning and know that you can trust him through whatever may happen. I hope this morning that you will sing with us that you will celebrate God with us. Maybe you just need to do that this morning, and and that would be awesome, and I hope that we come as a a family and are able to do that, and I know we will. Maybe, though, you also know that there's someone, there's a mom in this place, there's a person in this place, that they're still smack dab in the middle of chapter 1. They're still Hannah of chapter 1, and they're struggling. And they know the truth of all that's in chapter 2, but they just need to be reminded of it this morning. Will you take the time to, as a chapter 2 Hannah to go wrap your arms around a chapter 1 Hannah and say, 
so happy for you. He's here. He hears you. He loves you. Trust him. I'm going to pray, and then I'm, I'm going to do something a little different this morning. I'm, I just want to worship this morning. I want to join you guys. And so if you need to come forward and talk to me, by all means, don't feel like you're interrupting me. Grab me by the, by the elbow, and we'll come pray, and we'll come talk. But I'm just going to join my wife. I'm just going to pray this morning. So let me pray for you, and then the band will play. And let's just praise the King. Let's praise as his people. Father, we come before you, and we thank you for everything you give us. We thank you so much for how you love us and how you care for us. We thank you that you are a sustainer, Lord, who continually provides for us, that you are a strength that never changes, that you are our salvation who stepped into our lives and rescued us from all that was going on in our lives, from all the sin that has drug us down. We thank you that you are our sovereign, that you are in control of all things, Lord, and that we can run to you and submit our lives to you, knowing, Lord, that you are in charge, that you are all-powerful. Lord, we thank you that you are our Savior and that we can, because of that, we look forward with hope to something better, something more. Father, let that be our story this morning. Let that be our praise this morning as a people that we may be able to rejoice in